builders, uh, I want to encourage you, if you're a young person and, and you think or believe that you have the call of God on your life to go into business or even into any executive position at all, I want to encourage you, get down to this. Yeah. Put your name down, you're never too young. Um, because maybe there's someone there you can meet that can help you get into your future as well, okay? Um, or can help you in some way. And this is what I learn is always learn from someone else's mistakes. That's my motto in life. Just look at someone else, and if they do it bad, don't do it that way. And find someone that is doing it right. And so go and do that. Uh, make sure you're involved in that. And uh, yeah, be open for someone to input into your life. Well, who's... Loving our theme, Love Actually. Who was here last week? Love Actually. Well, you missed out last week. You need to get the podcast and just listen to that. Um, so over this month, we're, we're talking about Love Actually, and so we've got a number of speakers on, and so we divvy up uh, what we're all going to talk about. Do you realize that? We actually sit, and, and we've actually planned Love Actually 12 months ago, as in we plan the themes a year in advance, and so... Right now, in the last week, we've been planning for the following year of what we're doing. And so we name it, we, we claim what we're going to do, and it's amazing how we've got love actually at this time of year with the things that are going on around our world. Yeah, wow. And so, uh, so, so Carolina goes to me, she goes, well, you're, you're the best to talk on offense. I'm like, I could take that one or two ways. Number one is I could be offended at that. Or number two, I offend a lot of people. <laughs> and so this morning I asked, can I just clarify, what, what do you mean by, and she goes, well, you're the one that never gets offended at anything. Yeah. And it can be like that sometimes, is that she goes to me, that person, you should be offended. I'm like, why? She goes, I'm offended for you. <laughs> but so I got offense, Dave got sex. And so if you weren't here last week, um, I, I want to apologize, and if you were offended last week, we will work through it today. <laughs> because of his last point, his last point, which he made up on the spot, he just said sex was fun. And I know some people went home going, should I be offended? He said sex and fun in the same sentence at church. But today we're going to get through that, Okay. And for those that weren't here last week, you know, go back, check it out. We've had some great guys come through. Pastor Tim Mack was here Sunday night uh, with a phenomenal word as well. And then tonight, we've got Pastor Andy Goulet from Red Frogs, the founder of Red Frogs, a great and dear friend of ours coming, um, so which will be awesome. So tonight is going to be great. Well, tonight, you know, as soon as you get one or more people in a room, there's chance for offense. Do you realize that? I want to put a disclaimer up, and I put this disclaimer up a fair bit when I'm preaching, is that if I haven't offended you, sorry. If I've offended you, sorry. And if I haven't offended you yet, it's just a matter of time. True? For all the regulars in the house, who's going to testify? Barry, put that hand out. But it's just a matter of time. Relationships have that effect. In James 1, 19, James says this. He says, My dearly loved brothers, understand this. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Just by just understanding that statement and applying it to our lives, how much heartache could it save? 
how much offence could it help with? You know, I, I find this, is that sometime in our life, or it's just a matter of time, that we're all going to get offended. You know, there's no way around it. Sometimes some people just offend you. Has anyone ever not gone through offence here? No? So it applies to everyone. You know, that sometimes the other person actually hasn't done anything wrong, but you've been offended. Who's been in that boat? It's like they've done everything perfect, and, and they're great, and they're phenomenal, but all of a sudden, you're offended anyway. It's like at church. You know, you come to church. You know, offence never happens in church. As soon as you get into the car park, there's no way anyone could offend you unless they take your car park. When you walk through the doors, you know, you've got a smiley face and there's someone who's like, hey, great to have you here today. It's great to see you. You know, they put it out, they give you a handshake and, and it's like you're offended that they're happy. Why? Because you just haven't had your coffee yet. It's like nothing that they've done, but all of a sudden you're offended. No one should be happy before coffee. You know, or the other thing is you're walking in and, and they go for a high five, but they don't know that you want knuckles. <laughs> you see it all the time at City Kids. And there's always room for offense, but sometimes they've done everything perfect. They've welcomed you. They've put on a big smile. They've welcomed you into this place. And you're, it's, sometimes it's just a hard attitude. Yeah, true. If we're not careful. <laughs> well, what about as the church grows, and we've seen dramatic growth within the life of our church, which is phenomenal, is that you've been coming for years, and you've always sat in that seat. Hey, Roger. It's always been second row. It's always been, we've got a visitor. And it's like, it's like, that's my seat. I pay for that seat. <laughs> my giving, my finance, my tithe, that, that's my seat. How dare they sit in my seat? And then all of a sudden, you're up the back, you're giving them evil eyes. <laughs> They're just sitting there. They don't know. They're enjoying the play. And you're like, you're missing the revelation of God. You're missing the healing power of God. You're in that time of worship and one eye's open. They're in my seat. <laughs> you're twitching. All of a sudden, you've taken offense and, and someone, some poor soul that you know, is there and they've done nothing wrong. Okay, how many of us are like that in life? Is that just me? But sometimes we can just get offense over the littlest things and all of a sudden we realize the person has done nothing wrong. Really, it's just a, an offense over preference. Over preference. You know, maybe right now you aren't sitting in your seat. You are twitching. But maybe God's put you right next to someone that you can speak to and give a word of encouragement to. Right. Maybe sometimes when offense comes, we actually miss the biggest pur bigger purpose of what, yeah. where God's place is. Yeah. <laughs> Preference. Oh, they've got women preachers. Let's not go there. That's another one. Well, the pastor's not even wearing a tie. 
He's too young. He's too old. I get it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. You know, the way we deal with offense and disappointment will determine our future. Do you realize that? The way we deal with offense and disappointment will determine our future. You know, if we don't deal with offense, offense will deal with you. If I don't deal with offense in my life, it will deal with me. And so my question today is this, is what offense do you need to deal with? You know, offense is the greatest tool that the devil has to stop what God wants to do in us and through us. Do you realize that? You know, sometimes we get offended at God. We get offended at where we are and, and, and what are the situations that he puts. It's like we get this offense, but God's like, you know what, just, he, I, I've put you in this place for a time and a season. Yeah, but God, I, I can't see it right now. I can't see what's taking place. You know, as Christians, I believe that we need to guard against preconceived offenses. We need to guard against what we think should have taken place. You know, Jesus, he was always challenged on these moments as where he was there, he would preach the word, it'd be a word of wisdom, it'd be of understanding. The Pharisees would look back and they'd be like, wow, look at him, look at that word, that is, phenom- that is amazing what he is speaking. Oh wow, look at the healings that are taking place. But all of a sudden they take a step back, they look at Jesus and they're like, oh, isn't he the son of Mary? Isn't he the carpenter's son? Wasn't he born out of, and all of a sudden it's like, no, out of their preconceived conception of who Jesus was, they took offense to what he said. And sometimes this can take place within our own lives, is that unfortunately preconceived offense that we have within our, and sometimes we don't even realize it, can eat away at us. And rob us of our relationship with God and with others. So this morning I want to give you some quick points. I want to hit on how do we guard against offense. What are those things that we need to put in our life to guard against this thing called offense that can take us out of the call that God has for our life. That can take us out of relationship with others. The first thing is we need to do is we need to check our heart regularly. What I find is that sometimes it's just something to do with our own heart. What? It's got to do with me? That's what I find is that we'd rather blame someone else than blame ourselves. Regularly, I always check my heart. If there is something in life or something that someone said to me that I'm like, I'm quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. I take a step back. And I ask a question, is it true? Is it true what they're saying? Should I be taking offense to that? Or is there something in my heart that I need to change? And so I I take a, a step back. In Proverbs 4, 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issue of life. I find this is if we can be diligent, if we can keep our heart, we can have the right response to when offense comes. We can have the right 
response with due diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. You know, diligence is one of the, the seven heavenly virtues. Do you realize that? Diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. You know, diligence is a zealous and careful nature of one's action. You know, diligence is, it guards against laziness. It upholds one's convictions at all times. It especially upholds convictions when no one's actually watching. You know, we need to protect our heart against offense. And and one way we protect our heart against offense is we make sure our heart is right in every season. We are diligent with our heart. We take care of our heart. You know, my question today is what is the posture of your heart? What is the posture of your heart? From time to time, we just need to do a heart check. This week, who has offended you? Maybe in the last five minutes, who has offended you? <laughs> if there is something there and it's like, can he say that? Is he allowed to? What did he, can he, how about we check our heart? Step back, check that heart. You know, attitudes can creep in. Do you realize that? What I find in life, you don't normally come to a dramatic change of heart. What I find is that attitudes over time start to creep in. They start to creep into our heart. And at first, they might seem nothing. At first, you have this this thing that starts creeping in, and all of a sudden, it's like, why why is that there? And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, no, that's fine. And, And you just leave it there unaddressed. But then all of a sudden, it just starts to creep in, and it starts to get larger and larger. Over time, those little things can make a difference between our life and death spiritually. Do you realize that? You know, if your heart is off kilt, then everything that we do and say will be off kilt. Another way to check whether your heart is healthy is what are the words that you speak? How do you speak? How do you speak to your loved ones? How do you speak to your neighbors? How do you speak to God? How do you speak to those ones that you don't know? What is the first thing that comes to a response when something happens to you? What what are those things that take place in your life? That's one way of checking our heart. Why? Because out of the heart comes the issues of life. In Job, I love the story of Job. He's a man, he had everything, but then he lost everything. If you read through the story of Job, it's a phenomenal book, and just read it from start to finish. But in there you you see Job, he, he had everything, and then he lost everything, but yet he didn't get offended with God. He is a man that sought a God. His heart was always after God and after the things of God. He was righteous before God. He had a relationship with God, but then all of a sudden, he lost everything. And when you start to read through the book of Job, his responses are unbelievable. He loses his whole family, except his wife. You know, right there, I think for any of us, if we were to lose any of our family members... We come to a point where we ask God the question, why? Yeah. We, we come into this place and we're like, God, 
why, but, but all of a sudden you've got Job, he is there and he's just sitting there and he's praying before God and all of a sudden these things come upon his life, but yet the scripture says he did not sin with his lips. His wife comes up to him and says, you know what, why don't you just curse God and die? And this was a point where he had lost everything. He'd lost all his livestock. He'd lost all his family. He's only stuck with his wife, and his wife even tells him, hey, just curse God and die. And he, he sits down, he's full of boils, and, and his life is just, and he is like, you know what, no, here I am. In Job 1, 21 to 22, and he says this, he says, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. He sits there. In his time of trial. And he cries out to God and he says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be his name. He had every reason to be offended. He had every reason to be hurt. He had every reason to say something, but he checked his heart and it was like, no, I will not sin against my God, but I will call out and I will bless his holy name. What situation right now are you in that you need to cry out and call out to God and say, I will bless your holy name? What are those thoughts that are creeping into your heart right now that you need to push aside and say, you know what, God, you are above all gods. You are the King of Kings, and I will bless your holy name. It was a heart check. A heart check. In all this, he did not sin with his lips. Luke 6, 45. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bring forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Today, guard your heart. Check your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. Number two. Chew. Two? Chew. I'm offended right now that some of you are copying. <laughs> Number two. Check you're in right relationship. Check you're in right relationship with God and with others. Check you're in right relationship. I say this all the time, is that God's economy is relationship. Do you realize that? God's economy is relationship. All he wants us to do is have relationship with him and relationship with others. Yeah. If you read through the word of God from you know, the front cover to the back cover, what is it all about? It's all about relationship. It's all about a relationship with him and a relationship with others. And so when I talk about we need to check our relationship or check that we have the right relationships. We need to have our vertical relationship with God right. You know, between God and us. We need to have our horizontal relationships right between others and us. 
You know, relationships need to be nurtured. Our relationships need to be nurtured. If they're not nurtured, we'll always find offense. I've learned this. People can say anything they want to me. But it doesn't bother me because I know the heart of the person. If you know the heart of the person, it's okay. Do you realize that? But it comes down to actually having the right relationship. And, and so here, I want to talk about the first one is our relationship with God. You know, the spiritual life is first of all a life. Do you realize that? Our spiritual life is a life. Is that this relationship that we have with God, it's a life that we need to have. You know, it's not merely something to be known or studied, it's to be lived. Do you realize that? Our relationship with God isn't something just to be studied. You know, it's something to be lived. You know, through the Bible, you know, God communicates to us. Do you realize that? Is it through the Bible? When we open up the Word of God, it's His way of communicating to us. You know, when we pray to God, it's our way of communicating to Him. It's how we have relationship with Him. He speaks through His Word. We answer through prayer. He brings revelation through his word. We answer with prayer. Then he drops into our spirit a word. And what I find is that when God starts to speak to me, a lot of the times when he speaks to me, he speaks to me and that word lines up with his word. And so I believe that we need to make sure that we always have the right relationship with God. If we're going to be unoffendable, we need to have the right relationship with God. So when things in life go pear-shaped and we go, God, what is happening we have that relationship with him. Our relationship with God, you know, we always need to make sure that we are in regular relationship with God. We need to make sure that we're in regular relationship with God. That it's something constantly that we do. That it's not one thing that we come on a Sunday and it's like, well, okay, there's my tick in the box, there's my relationship with God. No, our relationship with God is something that we do daily. It's something that when we wake up, we just say, hey, thanks, God, for the breath in my lungs. When we go to sleep, we just say, thanks, God, for the blessing that you've poured out upon my life today. And, and sometimes your life mightn't look like it's blessed. But I tell you what, if I can put my head on the pillow at night and my kids are in bed tucked away, I'm like, God, I have the most blessed life in the world. Yeah. And, and so here, it's how is your relationship with God? You know, I just don't know what God says. You know, for some of us, we just say, well, I, I don't know what God says. I, I don't know what he's saying to me. Well, my question is, have you opened the word? Yeah, right. Have you taken hold of the word? Have you prayed for him? Our vertical relationship is the one to be valued above all else. Do you realize that? Our vertical relationship is the one to be valued above all but when it comes to our horizontal relationships with others, it's a different story. You know, we should never let anything get in between our relationship with God. We should always make that the number one priority. But when it comes to others, I love an old proverb. And I tell you what, I probably live by this proverb. 
is that if you sleep with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Well, it's awfully quiet in here. If you sleep with dogs, you're going to get fleas. In other words, in Proverbs 13, 20, it says, become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. In other words, what are those relationships like horizontally? Who are those people that you hang out with? You know, sometimes you can hang out with different ones and then all of a sudden your life tends to go downhill. For some of us, we need to pull ourselves up out of those relationships and realize, you know what, sometimes those relationships aren't where God want me to, isn't where God wants me to be. You know, our friendships determine the direction and the quality of our life. Do you realize that? Your friendships will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Who you hang around is who you become like. Oh, but that's so simple. We've heard that all the time. We hear it in school. We hear it. But sometimes, do we actually live by it? You know, sometimes as Christians, we have a heart for those that are hurting. We have a heart for those that... And we're supposed to have a heart, but we're not supposed to become like them. And we're not supposed to, you know, give a hand out. We're supposed to help people come out of their dysfunction. We're supposed to help people find salvation. But so many times what I see is that where people connect themselves to maybe someone that is unsafe, someone that, and then all of a sudden it's them being led away from the call that God has upon their life. And so we need to be wary of these things. You know, genuine friendships move in a positive, mutual, beneficial direction. Do you realize that? Sometimes we just need to go and do, okay, relationship check. How are my relationships going? How are they going? Okay, who do I need to spend more time with? Who do I need to pull away from? Are these ones pushing me into the call of God upon my life? Are they taking me out of the call of God upon my life? Are they helping me with my walk with God? And so every now and then we just need to pull ourselves aside and just do a relationship check. Check our relationship with God. Check our relationship with others. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. There's a key right there. Are those ones around you right now stirring up love in your life? Are they stirring up a passion for the things of God? Are they pushing you towards good works? Outworking the call that God has for your life. It says here, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. That is, is the manner of some. But by exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, as you see him approaching. In other words, don't neglect the gathering of the saints. Don't neglect the gathering of the saints. Don't neglect which of those relationships that you need to push into, which of those relationships you need to step away from. Maybe which of those ones that you need to encourage encourage towards God and the purposes. When you're in right, right relationship with those around you, it's actually harder to take offense. 
it's actually harder. And like I said before, is that most people can come and speak to me, tell me anything. And if I know their heart, I won't get offended. If they do say something to me and I'm like, oh, I check my heart, not theirs. I check my relationship, not theirs. It's just shifting it so that we can become unoffendable so that we don't miss the call that God has for our life. So that we don't miss the purposes. Check your heart regularly. Check your in right relationship with God and with others. James 1, 19. My dearly loved brothers, understand this. Everyone, must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. How much more would our relationships be enriched if we just applied that verse? If we just apply those simple steps that the Word speaks about? How much richer would our relationships be within the life of our church, within our life groups, within our community, right here where everyone is being uplifted. They're being praised. They're being spoken about. Spoken about in the right way. Not the wrong way. The people are encouraged towards the things of God, towards their potential in God, seeing God move around their life, seeing miracles take place. Why? Because there is a spirit of faith. Why? Because everyone's not worried about being offended. What they're worried about is seeing the purposes of God come, the kingdom of heaven come to earth so that lives can be changed. Today, in your life, and when I say in your life, I speak to myself, what are those things that I need to change so that I can live unoffendable for the purposes of God? Father, I thank you that we have an amazing church. Lord God, I thank you that we have a church that lives for you. Father God, that, that we have a church right now that, that is able, that comes and values their vertical relationship with you. Lord God, that during the week they spend time with you. That during the week they open their word. They devour your word. And during the week, Father, that they would pray to you. They would give you thanks with all their heart. Lord God, I, I thank you for that church, for this church that values the relationship with you above all else. Lord God, I, I thank you that for the community within this church. Lord, that we care about those around us, that we love those around us, Father God, that we want to see the best for those around us. Father, that we would lay our life down as you laid your life down for us, as Jesus laid his life down, that we would lay our life down For those around us too. Today, Father, Lord, I don't know where everyone's at. But today, if this word is spoken to anyone in this place, if anyone right now is searching their heart, is maybe asking the questions of, what is that? Why do I feel that way? Father, I pray that you come 
and you move in their life. Lord, that you write the relationship. Just as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask a question. I want to ask, how is your relationship with God? How is your vertical relationship? Could you honestly say that you have a relationship? Could you honestly say that that relationship is intimate? Or maybe you've heard what I've spoken about today and you're like, I I don't quite have that relationship. But I want that relationship. Maybe there's a tugging in your spirit and you want that right relationship. You want that pure relationship with God. This morning as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to include you in a prayer. So I know who I'm praying with right now. I'd just love for you just to raise your hand just quickly as I look across. Just so I can include you in this prayer. Thank you up the back. Thank you. Maybe you've been working, walking with God for years and you know the relationship isn't as sharp as it should be. I still want to include you in this prayer. Just so I look across again, if you want to be part of this. Just raise your hand, just quickly. Thank you over the side, thank you. Father God, right now you see every heart in this building. You see every individual. Lord God, right now for those that have lifted their hands in acknowledgement right now, that they want a deeper, closer relationship with you. Maybe for some of those it's for the first time. For others, maybe they've been coming for years and maybe they've just drifted away. Maybe they have taken offense to something. But Father, right now, I just pray that you seal your spirit upon their life. Lord God, draw them into an intimate relationship with you. Father God, right now, we just pray and we just thank you that as we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that you send your Holy Spirit to intertwine our lives as a guarantee. And Father God, this morning, I pray that you, you seal, you seal the decisions made, the ones that have raised their hands, but maybe the ones in their heart that are saying, I want a closer relationship. Lord God, right now, pour your Spirit out upon their lives. A deeper understanding so that they can understand who you are and have a relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give him a hand.